Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one paradox minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Menes, the news. And joining us for a final day of Patreon All-Star Week is Looper182. Welcome. Hey! Great to be back. <laughs> Great to have you back. And today we are going back to Minute 75, which begins with a pair of docs discussing a... Uh, weather experiment and ends with Biff coming back to his car and snatching the almanac off the dash. A pair of docks. A pair of docks. <laughs> A phrase um, that was coined by one of our li- one of our friends and listeners in time. Yes, David Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Leaper's fellow Patreon associate producer. Yay! Um, so uh, so yeah, so as we've talked about, this is the first thing that was shot um, of Back to the Future Part Two. At least, at least, uh, it was the first thing shot for um, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to hedge my bets that this was the very first thing that they shot because I'm sure they shot like some kind of second unit or something before this. Um, but this was definitely the first thing that Christopher Lloyd worked on, and he was a nervous wreck because. Uh, he, you know, hadn't played this character in like four years and uh, had to had to play two different kinds of himself um, in this one scene. And I will say, I will say the, the 1955 doc, I mean, we know what's going on in his life right now. And he seems way more chill than he should be. <laughs> I like how friendly he is to this stranger. um i thought it was interesting that um he's maybe it's because he's in the zone and because he's working on an invention but like he already knows that the delorean will work it's just the fact that he's worried about getting the delorean back to 1985 but somehow he's gotten into that zone where like if you're writing and you're in that zone it it feels good you're Everything's coming together, and it's it's you're not so worried. I'm sure that if you were thought about it for more than five seconds, he would start panicking again. But for now, he's he knows I got to tighten this bolt. I got to make sure that everything that all the angles are working. I've got to connect it to the to the tower and to these light posts and all that stuff. He's already got that plan in place because of the demonstration he showed Marty in part one. So it's, Mm -hmm. so he's got that. Yeah. So like all the, all the figuring out has, he's already passed that step. It's like, it's like, uh, with screenwriting, right? So like Mm -hmm. there's the people, and I know that Nick and I are those people, like when we, we write an outline and that's where we figure out all of our problems. So that when we're actually writing, we don't have to think about anything. We just sort of like let the outline do its work, you know, and, and just like pump out the, the actual script or whatever it is we're writing. So, uh, yeah, I could, I could see that, that, that sort of like Zen focus that 55 doc it's has almost like, because he's already figured out. All the yeah. It's like writing music and then playing music. Right. Or so he thought. So I have a, I have, I have a question. Yeah. So, um, if if any of if, if either of you were presented with um, another version of yourself, but they were like 
trying to not be spotted. Do you think, and, and you know, of course, it's, it's easier to say this hypothetically, but do you think you'd be able to recognize yourself? I, well, I think we've had this conversation before because I think we, we talked about this when, um, when Jennifer met herself and that she like immediately recognized herself. And I, I, am, I am very strictly in the camp of no way, no how. I would, it wouldn't even cross my mind that they even look like me. Because like, even, even, even um, when people say like, oh, you look just like this person, I, my instinct is always, no, I don't. <laughs> you know? Um, and, and so I just, because it's like, it's like you think that you know your face more than, better than anyone else, but you're not used to seeing it in a reflect, like outside of a, of a reflection, mm -hmm. you know? Um, because like in a reflection, everything's flipped. So like if you actually like walked, walked up to yourself like i feel like everything would be everything would be flipped the other way and so it wouldn't look right i don't know mm. i just don't i don't think i think the only way that it would it would actually um work for me where i would be like oh that's me is if i met myself like you know from like a week ago or something like that like if it was like a really like tight space of time but if we're talking like decades no way mm -hmm. no way it's kind of funny because um, in my family, we have the red suitcase of photos. This is essentially where everybody's baby pictures is. Um, any pictures that you managed to get when you were like 10, they would always end up in this red suitcase. And mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't see that red suitcase for years, um, nearly a decade at least. And one day I'm finding it and I'm going through it and I'm going, wow, I remember this. And I'm looking at myself and I'm going, oh, I look a little bit chubby. And then I started thinking of myself in terms of, wow, do I look like myself from back then? Well, I've gotten a little skinnier. I'm obviously I'm a little taller, thank God. But it's there's that again, there's that sense of there's that sense of disconnect. No way. That's not me. But there is also a sense of just like just like you mentioned, um, when oh hey you look like Bob down the street no I don't and then you look at Bob and with me when I see Bob I see like oh he's got a similar facial structure but his eyes are all different or his nose is longer so I I try to see where they got that idea but I don't but I still have that no way coming across yeah. my coming across my complete clone from a week ago holy shit that's me. But if they're trying not to be seen, there's a reason for that. If I am trying not to be seen, I will try to respect my own wishes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you gotta do That's you, fair. and I gotta do me. I will pretend that I did not see you. I will still side-eye you too many times. <laughs> I mean, it could also... My, my instinct of that could also just be stemming from the fact that, like, ever since I got glasses... Mm -hmm. Um, I have just been told that I look like every other white guy with dark hair and <laughs> black rim glasses. So, like, like every single one, like, oh, you look just like Rivers Como. Oh, you look just like Buddy Holly. Oh, you look just like you know J.J. Uh, Abrams. Oh, you look just like this guy. Like, and it's just like I don't. I really like take the glasses off and. That's really our only defining characteristic. Apparently, I once uh, I once had a job. Uh, where the, I was, uh, I was working at a logistics company. So it was just a bunch of us on the floor 
in front of like computers, you know, this big massive floor. And, um, there were like five dudes in my, in my little group that all looked like different versions of, of it. It was like, we were all different Ewoks and like, it's like, and like li- literally it's like, well, that one's a little taller. That one's a little heavier. That one's a little thinner, but it was like, and every time like one of them would walk past me, it would be like half a second of like, wait, what? Oh, okay. From like both of us. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so, uh, so then, uh, so Doc, uh, sort of backs away slowly onto his bike and, uh, and, uh, wheels away. And for a guy who's, um, you know, trying not to, uh, trying not to make a scene or, like, draw attention to himself, he still can't help but ring his little bell on his bike as he bikes away. <laughs> Which I just... It's nine o'clock at night. It's a small town. What cars do you think yeah. are coming down the street? I know. <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> Just like, dude. Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean, I guess if he if he if he got the if he got the bell on the bike, I mean, he's not going to have the bike much longer. So might as well use the bell. This is fun, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Who was he doing that too? Was he almost just doing that for himself? Like, yay. Yeah, I think he, I, think he was. <laughs> I win. Ching ching. Yeah. That's pretty good. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um and then uh and then we go to Biff uh pulling into the enchantment of the sea dance, and uh he's parking in a strict no parking zone because of course he is. He's he's um, entitled and he's just it's the 50s he's got an extra bit of entitlement to his already entitled personality and it's just like mm, yeah have fun with that yeah i want strictly i wish i wish there was a wish there was like an insult to injury moment for for biff uh where he gets his uh, car towed yeah that would be, <laughs> be the best <laughs> strickland sees his car and he's like yes yeah i know yeah, you'd think he'd be leaping at the chance. But then but then, um, you know, it's it's weird because he was always giving shit to George instead of Biff, uh for the most part. And so like I maybe he just doesn't see you know, because for Strickland the worst thing you could possibly be is a slacker. Right. And so I think yeah, so I just I don't I don't think he uh I don't think he hates Biff as much. Uh at least that we know of to this point. Um, we we learn a little bit more about their relationship a few minutes from now, but yeah. right now. Well, the thing, the big one of the big differences between Biff and George is that Biff physically looks like the all-American boy. He does not look like like an outcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a complete bully, and he just does whatever the hell he wants. But George, if you when you put Biff and George side by side, George looks like a complete geek. He, in, he visually, it's just like he is so outcast that in 1955, when you don't conform, people are God. I don't, I don't even know what they would be doing in 1955 to to the outcasts. To, I mean, like, 
George, it's so easy to pick on him because he is because he looks like such a nerd, and it's like, mm, no, you're not conforming. Let's 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 weed him out or force him to conform. And Biff is just like the all-American boy, and he's he's tall and strong. And if there was a war going on, he would be the guy on the posters going fight for our country. Uh, send this guy overseas and have mm-hmm. him kill everybody in sight. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. He does. I mean, he does have a little bit of a, uh, like an evil Captain America vibe to mm-hmm. him. Uh, like kind of like the, yeah. the mirror, the dark, kind of like the bizarro Steve Rogers almost. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bizarro Steve Rogers. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, and then uh, Marty thinks he gets his shot. He's like, oh, this is going to be so easy. And then not so easy. So he went back and grabbed the almanac again. Um, but uh, I, 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 uh, wondering, Leaper, because I think we, we've already talked about the first time that you watched Back to the Future, but I don't remember. Did you... Did you mention Back to the Future Part 2 in that? Like, did you watch them all as a group? Um, the very first, like, my very first memory was Part 3, but when I, yeah, but, like, when I came back to it, like, as an adult within the past year, um, I watched all three of them back to back, Mm -hmm. and it was, and and then with part two, it kind of came across as like, oh, wow, then I can see why this is the weaker of the three. Just the fact that, mm-hmm. again, it's there. It, it's not like Marty and Doc trying to survive the the time period. It's there's an actual like like villain like the villain comes across as we need to deal with this villain rather than we need to fix our mistakes. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a very definite, um, the plot is different from part one and part three. Part three gets back right. to, the, to, the, the, to the wonderful thing about part one, but part two is, is, is a departure and it doesn't, it doesn't quite work so well. There are bits of it that I like, mm-hmm. but it's, Mm, it, there are some serious missteps, and it's one of the reasons that I like listening to the 1967 and the Paradox Drafts comparison so much, because, oh, if only they had kept this part, oh, and, oh, thank God, they, thank God for script revisions, because holy poop, <laughs> yeah. just why? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... All right. Well, uh, I think that's all I got for this movie. You guys have anything else? Um, I do. I don't know if... Okay. Um, one of the things... Okay, so earlier in the movie, Jen- oh no, Jennifer's going to see herself, and then either the universe is going to explode, or she's just going to pass out. And yet... This- oh yeah. We definitely we definitely talked about that yesterday. Oh. It's, it's... I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. It's it's weird how this is like totally cool now. Um, our last our last guest suggested that maybe it was because uh, this is in the past and not in the future, and so like it's not. 
I like this has already happened, so like it's not it's not screwing anything up. But like I I just think it's gonna screw something up regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know because I mean you know there there's we're already setting up uh, an alternate universe where this happened, where they had to go back in time to fix things. Mm-hmm. So this is still slightly different regardless, you know? So, like, you're still building this crazy recursion of of alternate universes all focused around November of 1955. Oh, my God. And the thing is, okay, so Jennifer, Biff, and Doc have now seen themselves. Jennifer is... In the context, she's panicking, she just wants to get out of that house, she is trying not to be seen because there would be all kinds of weird, uncomfortable questions, and then the the cherry on top is, oh my god, I'm old, and then she passes out despite the fact that she should have known she was old. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> Biff has no idea who this old man is, and he's understandably going, get out of my car, get out go away, I don't want to deal with you, I want to go back to being a bully. But Doc, with all of the time travel that he's had to deal with, with Marty showing up on his doorstep with the big blue eye saying, please help me get back to my time, you know, I have a feeling that he that he's starting to internalize that weird things can start to happen. And as a result, Seeing himself, okay, and his and his future self is trying not to talk to him, okay. There's one there's one little glance where he sort of glances at himself, but but they're they're not trying to look at each other, not they're not trying to talk to each other, other than oh hey, is that a weather experiment? So it's just it's just kind of it's they're 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 trying not to faint. <laughs> And it's just, and and it's interesting to see 1985 Doc just sort of, just sort of, he sounds a bit wistful when it happens. So it's very, man, it's been it's been 30 years, but I've never tried to go back and and see what I was like, or, and and he's getting, he's looking into a into a picture of the past, and it's like, wow, and that was 30 years ago, and. I don't know. A lot has changed in 30 years for Doc. He's got a best friend. He's not in the depths of despair. He's actually got a uh, a project that he can shoot for that will work. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a look at where I've been and look at me now where I can where Doc can apparently go to ni- uh, to 2015 and not like automatically die or something. So right. yeah, oh, I rambled. There you go. <laughs> oh, <that's fine. laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's it's interesting though because technically, I mean, when when Doc was in 1955, this never happened. So when when he does this and talks to this other this other Doc he would have no memory of this having happened in the past, which means that that 1955 Doc has to be a different Doc, which means that when Doc goes back to the future, there should be another Doc there. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't... Because, because, because it's not like... It doesn't work the way that, like, you know, Butterfly Effect worked, where 
you change the past and suddenly you have all of those memories. It's like your brain like autocorrects all your memories. Right. Um, that doesn't happen. You just you keep creating alternate universes. <laughs> so it's I don't know. It's troubling. <laughs> Personally, I wonder if this is the bubble effect. Like going listening to the podcast and, and thinking about the different timelines, I keep thinking there's got to be a bubble effect in in. It, it's basically the time traveler in question is protected from the effects until either they deliberately, like, they hit control S and save the changes, or they go back and, and try to change the thing that they initially changed. In part one, Marty gets hit by the car instead. He changes how his parents get together, and so he goes back and makes sure that his parents meet and they kiss at the dance, and yay, he's alive. The bubble effect is protecting him, but you, but because of the picture, he can see that his brother's disappearing, his sister's disappearing, and soon he's disappearing too. Um, and then in part two, it's like the the bubble effect is Biff going back to 1955. He gives the almanac to himself, and then he's hitting Control S when he travels back to 2015. 2015 has not corrected to the to the new timeline when he gets back but as soon as he gets back and he and he's he he's not going to use the DeLorean anymore that's when he's hit control s and that's when he starts that's when he's fading out of existence because oh i'm not going to go back and 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 get the almanac back for myself so now i'm going to be shot in the 90s by Lorraine because she can't take it anymore so that's my personal bubble effect Doc talking to himself. Hmm. Doc talking to himself. He he talked to himself, and he's not really trying to stop himself from from doing the initial time experiment. But basically, it's that conversation is still sort of sort of protected. Jennifer is going, "Oh no, I'm old," and then she passes out. Young Biff has no idea who old Biff is, but Doc knows who he is, and and young Doc might have an idea of of the, who this other guy is. So they're so they're being very careful, and then like as soon as Doc like leaves 1955, I mean either. The bubble effect will disappear, he'll hit control S, and then he'll remember the, that conversation from both sides. Or, like, maybe the temporal, maybe a temporal distortion will mess up his memory and he only remembers it from the future self, not the younger self. So, it's... Mm -hmm. Okay, my theory falls a little bit flat, but it's not... Mm, <laughs> it's back to the future. Just wave your hands and it'll be okay. Just look at Doc and Marty. That's. I I think that's uh, I think that was the uh, the tagline on the poster. Just wave your hands and it'll be okay. <laughs> look, look at Doc and Marty being adorable and and flailing around and falling over things. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Leaper. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I'm glad you can make it for uh, for for Patreon All Star Week. And that wraps up our Patreon All Star Week. Great week of guests. Um, was really really happy with how it turned out. And uh, yeah, that's that. So I guess uh, we'll be back next week 
with minutes 76 through yep. 80. Wow. Already. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and we will, uh, in the meantime, you can go to our website, duelinggenre.com. Where you can check out our other podcasts like the doctor's companion, our doctor who podcast that we do with Cassandra Fredrickson and geek by night, our original audio drama, uh, as well as um, you, can, you can leave comments and things like that. There's really great comments. One of the things that we're doing on the uh, Back to the Future Minute No Roads edition is is awarding a comment of the week. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, you're going to want to leave some comments on the site. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to uh, new episodes of uh, No Roads edition, uh, you're going to want to go to duelinggenre.com support and uh, become a patron member there. And uh, at the at the $5 level higher, you get all of the bonus content. And at the $10 level higher, um, you can uh, you will be put into a, a pot and uh, drawn out for our next Patreon All-Star Week in uh, for, for part three uh, next year. So uh, so go check that stuff out. And uh, you can email the show, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. We're on Twitter, Tumblr. You can like us on Facebook. We have a new Facebook group, like a fan listener group. Um, so you can go there and, and talk about the show and talk about Back to the Future, post memes, whatever you want to do. Uh, that's the uh, Back to the Future Minute Listener Preservation Society. Um, so you just search for that on Facebook and uh, we'll add you in. And uh, I think that's about it. So uh, thanks again, Leaper, for joining us. And we'll be back next week. Bye.